Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low-cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Alejandra, content marketing specialist at 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Wednesday with 3W. I'm here. My name is Alejandra, content marketing specialist here at 3W, here with Dr. Susan Rutherford again. Thank you, Dr. Sue, for being here with me in our new fun. topic of the Yeah, day. fun to be here. I'm actually, <laughs> this is fun. I had to research to, oh. to do this. <laughs> well, great. I'm, I know we're going to learn a lot. Today, we are going to be talking about National Public Health Week, which we celebrate this month. And we're going to get some insightful news on, well, and research that Dr. Sue has, is going to be sharing with us on this topic. So we're going to dive into the questions. All those that are listening, please like If it's on Facebook, if you're finding this on Instagram, please like and share as we learn on more public health. Now, that may sound like a dry topic, but this is actually going to be fun. It is. It (laughs) is. I've been learning a lot just as we were prepping, and um, I know everybody that's listening will get some insightful education on it as well. So first question, Public Health Month. What is Public Health Month? Why do we have public health? Well, public health has become an extremely important component of medical care. And as I go through a bit of history here, you'll begin to see why. Okay. So where do we start in history? How did it become to So it's kind of interesting. Ancient people, you know, we don't know. We can't talk to them. But they were apparently not aware of the sources of disease. Okay. You know, and of course, they certainly didn't know about bacteria and things like that back then. But it looks like over, you know, a long period of time, human beings were initially hunter-gatherers, but they figured out how to do agriculture, okay. and which made them more settled. They wandered around less. And they also then got together in bigger groups. They were congregating, living together. And they had animals. Oh. And the rodents got interested, and the insects showed up, and um, <laughs> it you was know, just a big party. So, yeah, a big party. But also, that's when it looks like probably, as opposed to just surviving, looking for food, that then um, disease became a bigger impact, issue? bigger issue. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, but how did they? You know, what did they think was causing them to be sick? That's an interesting question, right? Yes. Well, you can actually go back to mythology. And of course, people, and there are some people in the world still today that that feel like it's evil spirits that make them sick. And there were those sorts of explanations. But there's an interesting story about Zeus, the Greek god. He was so angry that man uh, had been given the gift of fire that he put all the ills of the world in a box. Oh. And he gave it for safekeeping to somebody. Well, that person was married to the woman Pandora. Oh. 
And one time when he wasn't around, Pandora, being curious, opened the box and let out all the illnesses on the earth. Oh that's, my so you know the story of Pandora's box. <laughs> yes. Well, that's that's kind of how it applies to public health. Interesting. So with all this knowledge, how was it? Was there anything written? So you know, the uh, there's not much that I could find on the really ancient cultures. Although I, you know, you find out that they were pretty smart. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, you know, I just didn't run across it. But what's really interesting is at the time of Hippocrates, and people have heard about the Hippocratic Oath. Mm-hmm. Well, there was actually a whole community of medical people with Hippocrates kind of at the head, and they they published this huge work of written material. And they began considering that environmental factors and behaviors might cause disease. Interesting. So, and that, that thinking that, oh, maybe there's something in the environment or something that we're doing that's mm-hmm. making me sick or making people sick, that also means maybe there's a way of preventing it okay. or treating it. So the idea that there were some causes that, that could be prevented or treated was... Uh, shows up in history right around that time. Now, at that time, they thought that the main impacts on health were what they called the four humors, okay. which was melancholy, phlegm, bile, and blood. Oh, my. <laughs> I know. So anyway, so they weren't quite on target yet. Okay. They were starting to discover a little by little, right, that there were some things to be aware of. Yeah. So now going in to them realizing there were issues – uh, what led to more progress? So, unfortunately, what led to more progress was some pretty serious diseases. Mm-hmm. So, starting in the 1300s all the way into the 1700s, they started having plagues. One of the most prominent was the bubonic plague. Okay. Yeah, and and cities had become in existence, mm-hmm. and they became more densely populated around the Middle Ages. But there was little attention given to waste disposal and sanitation. Mm-hmm. Rats multiplied, and rats carried fleas. And the fleas they carried transmitted bacteria to humans by biting the humans, and that caused bubonic plague. So oh yeah, it was pretty... Oh. Pretty awful, yeah. Yes. But so fast forward quite a few years, and the idea of studying groups of people to make observations about the disease patterns and everything mm-hmm. helped them begin to think about, well, can we identify risk factors? Are there strategies we could test to prevent or treat these diseases? And this idea begins to develop kind of gradually. And so that's the root of what we now call public health. Okay. Okay. So now with them testing out, looking at different groups of people and their diseases, how does that affect what we have now, which okay. we can relate to quite we a can bit, We can relate right? to it, yes, because <laughs> two concepts quickly rose to the surface, and those were the ideas of quarantine and isolation. Mm. And I bet those sound familiar. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So those were among the very earliest public health measures. So, And one of the things they did was they I, I isolated travelers and the merchandise they carried hmm. for a period of time. Okay. And they also erected physical barriers, even around sections of a city. Yeah, so sometimes around the city or or certain areas of a city where there was a disease, cholera, dysentery, whatever, which we now know by those names. Yes. But you could only cross those barriers with permission. And if you were a traveler, you had to stay in quarantine 
for a period of time before you could go out and sell all the merchandise you brought. Okay. So the word quarantine comes from the Italian, and I hope I say it right, quarantina. Oh. <laughs> yes, which means a 40-day period. 40 days. 40 days. Oh yes. My. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but there, you know, we know that there are many illnesses like flu and COVID are communicable prior to somebody having symptoms. Mm. So, quarantine was designed to separate people who didn't yet have symptoms but might have been exposed and might expose other people until enough time had passed to know that they don't have it. Okay. So that's why people were having to go to Hawaii and sit in a hotel for 14 days. <laughs> <laughs> they can have a nice view and drink their mimosas, yeah, right? But in they quarantine. have to stay quarantined. That's right. <laughs> yes. Wow. So now we know, you know, after all this study and evaluation, that quarantine, which we were very familiar with because of COVID, that there was a lot related to just germs you yeah. know, for them to figure out. What Something about germs. Yes, yes. Yes. So tell us a little bit so about that. So the germ theory of disease was first described by Louis Pasteur and somebody named Robert Koch in the 1800s. Okay. But there was an Italian physician in the 1500s who first suggested the general idea. He called it disease seeds. Disease seeds. Yes. So he thought there were huh. seeds of disease that got spread, which... Makes sense. It's true. Yeah, it's really it pretty true. Yeah. So people know Louis Pasteur as being responsible for pasteurization, okay, which is where you heat things enough to kill microbes. Oh, okay, okay. So for instance, our milk is pasteurized. Now I don't know if you have had as a, a part of the Hispanic community mm-hmm. been exposed to this, but the raw cheese. There's some locally, yes. So I've actually seen patients, and it was mainly among the Hispanic community, where they would do raw cheese. They would not pasteurize it, and they'd make cheese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, so I've actually seen women come in with stillbirths because a bacteria called Listeria was not killed by pasteurization. They ate the raw cheese. That got into their bloodstream. It went to the placenta and the baby and caused an infection that killed the baby. Oh, my goodness. So for that's why we warn pregnant women, you know, don't eat unpasteurized things. Watch out for deli meats that have been sitting out. You know, there are things There's like that. Of, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah. with all of this, how does it all apply to us now with what so, we're encountering. Well, something else happened at a similar time, and okay. that was Pasteur came up with the idea that if you weakened microorganisms mm-hmm. and then administered them as a vaccination, that people could develop resistance to the disease. So that was the origin of vaccination. There was a man named Edward Jenner who took the naturally occurring something called cowpox, and it okay. doesn't cause people to be really sick. But he took that and administered that to people, and that protected people from getting smallpox. Well, then Pasteur went on, and they looked at anthrax and cholera, and they first vaccinated sheep for anthrax and chickens for cholera. (laughs) They were testing them first. They were testing them first, yeah, and and saw it work. Yeah. Wow. So. So then those vaccines became more applicable to yeah, and now us, we're and right. now the vaccine technology we have has exploded and and uh, you know saved many many lives actually. Wow, wow. So, 
Anyway, but the other th- big contributor was in the 1800s, they started to become aware that sanitation was an issue. Mm. So in Britain, there was an observation made that if you lived in the countryside, your life expectancy was significantly longer than if you lived in the town. Hmm. And so started thinking about why. The and distance again, of The people? distance and the waste and the sanitation. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So that was part of the part of the puzzle, jigsaw puzzle. Okay. There were other things that happened with regards to pregnancy. There was a physician in Vienna mm-hmm. who named Semmelweis, and he was actually originally from Hungary. Okay. And he was observing all these women die of what they called childbed fever, hmm. and after giving birth. And but the uh, the women that were delivered by the midwives uh, weren't dying, mm. and he figured out that there was something on their hands, and the physicians were doing autopsies on people that had died, you know, to learn about it, doing all this science stuff, mm-hmm. and then they'd go do deliveries, and so they were carrying the the bacteria from these women that had died of childbed fever wow. and giving them to new women, whereas the midwives who weren't doing the autopsies, their patients didn't die. So Semmelweis came up with a solution of, was it lime and I forget, but basically a solution, and he made all the doctors start washing their hands hmm. before they took care of women in labor. And lo and behold, the the death rate just plummeted. Dropped. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. In the early United States, there was a doctor in the United States who did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the experts at the time in pregnancy poo-pooed it. Really? Yes. He didn't believe in it? He didn't believe in it. And yet uh, we know, obviously, this guy was totally right. Mm-hmm. But that also illustrates, uh, and Semmelweis was rejected by colleagues his ideas were rejected. So fast forward to now, and here we've got all this discussion going on mm-hmm. about what works. Do masks work? Does social distancing work? You know, we're going through that right now. And, and the hand sanitizer. The hand too. sanitizer. You know, what's, how effective are some of these measures? Mm-hmm. We know at least they're partially effective, but, you know, and then there have been all these edicts given you must do this or you must do that. Well, the problem is, is we do not yet know all the answers. Mm-hmm. And experts can be wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's, we, have to, we have to look at this history, this public health history, and realize there's a lot to consider when you're talking about uh, populations and particularly infections. Right. One thing that's interesting is that public health has become so much more than just dealing with infectious disease. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Public health is addressing like heart disease, you know, uh, like watch your cholesterol right. and high blood pressure and diabetes and all sorts of issues. Political issues have gotten involved, you know, social issues, mm-hmm. racial issues, all of that sort of what are the factors that we can control and what should we do to make sure that people are healthy? And I public see. health has become about just a lot more. A lot more. Yeah. Wow. Well, this is such insightful information and getting a little bit of the background of how it started yeah. is so, it's, it's so much more fun. Well, yeah. I would really encourage people. I found some websites just by Googling and then there's the National Library of Medicine. You can actually see handwritten notes from chemistry and anatomy and medical classes by medical students, handwritten pages of handwritten notes that have been uploaded, scanned and uploaded to the National Library of Medicine. Wow. And they're from the 1800s. No yeah. way. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, so you know, this is actually 
a really fun topic, but I ran into some trivia. Oh, I want to okay. share you the trivia. Yes, okay. share with us. So basically, in 1798, so we were a country, there was a U.S. Congress. Okay. The U.S. Congress passed an act that established the U.S. Marine Hospital Service. Now, that was to treat seamen who were disabled or had disease. Okay. And the first hospital was back, I think it was Massachusetts, the first U.S. Marine Hospital. This is uh, trivia here. You know the building that's on the north end of Beacon Hill above I-90, the big tall building? Oh, yes, yes. When I was a little girl, that was called the U.S. Marine Hospital. Is that right? Yeah, and my father, who had been in the military and had TB used to go there for appointments when I was a little girl. And then it became the U.S. Public Health Hospital. So the U.S. Marine Services was the the first, the the beginning of the U.S. Public Health Service. Yeah. But other interesting trivia. So that was 1798 when Congress established that service. In 1799, Boston established the first Board of Health and the first health department in the United States. So... Would you like to know who was named as the very first health officer? Yes. Paul Revere. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. That is some cool information. Yeah, so that's trivia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think all of our viewers will love listening to this episode, especially those that are super interested in history. Yes. You know, so oh, thank you so much, Dr. Rutherford, for sharing this with us and just giving us some more insights on how public health started and how it's working for us today. And as we know, right, uh, yep. especially in this season of flu and just general sickness, everything, mm-hmm. everything um, how it kind of ties in with how it started. So thank you so much for, for joining me again in this episode. And thank we you. hope that everybody's listening enjoys it. All right. Well, we'll see everybody in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you liked this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay healthy and be well.